episode 241, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season 5, episode 9, Best Laid Plans. Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello and welcome back to Welcome to Level 7. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I am here with Agent Samantha. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. That is good to hear that you're doing great. Um, you know, success better than good. It's, it's much better than much better than bad. So Yes. To be doing great is, is a good thing. Uh we're here to talk about Marvel's Agents of Shield and I am just going to say it from the beginning here. I can't believe what this season is doing. This it's it's been really good. Uh there's some really good stuff going on here and I have people like from the real world in like job situations coming up to me and talking about Agents of Shield. They're not I mean they're they're fans of this kind of stuff but they're not like deeply entrenched in it but they they are telling me how how much they're enjoying it so there's something really? yeah yeah there's something good going on here uh, i have i have one friend who he's like i have to watch it on friday now i have to i i can't wait i have to watch it on friday because i'm so interested in it so i'm <laughs> <laughs> thinking that's that's a good sign uh we got some good stuff going on here this is I mean, we're in our fifth season here and we've gotten to know these characters and it's I they've hit their they've hit their stride, I think. And we're getting some good stuff. I'm, I'm curious where it's going, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I just keep oh, as I watch the show, I keep speculating what are the future pods for the rest of the season going to look like? Are we going to be? Deal, well, obviously, we're going going to at some point deal with the earth cracking or what led to the earth cracking. Um, uh, what else is going to happen beyond that? Uh, is it going to tie into Infinity War? I mean, I, I have all of these things that I keep wondering, how is this all going to work together? And I am so excited about it. And it's all well written. It's well acted. It's well directed. This CGI is not bad. Uh, <laughs> no, it's it's um, not bad. It's, no, um, there have been a couple episodes where I'm like, eh, come on. But I can forgive it because for the most part, the CGI has been really good. Yeah, it it's been a good season and yes. I'm I'm excited to see where it goes and I'm excited to see, you know, people recognizing the the quality. That's that's. That's good. I mean, it's not obviously not everyone's cup of tea. Not everyone's going to love this thing, but it's it's good to see that there are people who are appreciating it, and that we're, um, yeah, we're we're on we're riding a wave right now. We're riding a gravity wave of of good good agents of Shield. So, uh, I just envisioned the Silver Surfer coming in, which I know that's a bad thing <laughs> in in the MCU, but still. Well, <laughs> Good, bad, I don't know. We'll we'll have to wait okay. on that. But you know, that does remind me that 
Kevin Feige did say something about how they've planned their movies out through you know 2020, and uh, if anything's going to happen with X Men and, and Fantastic Four in the MCU, it's going to be a long while, which sounds almost like a news item. It's not, but it sounds like one. So maybe that's our, our segue to talk about some news. Okay. All right. Shield Intelligence Report. Uh, so normally Stuart brings the news items when he's on, but he's not on right now. What news items do we have, Samantha? Uh, it won't be oh, as organized. Oh, we have a big one. Let's talk about the big one. Let's talk about the big one. What's the big one? The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., even though we have been promised that we are going to have a solid run without breaks, is going to go on hiatus during the month of February mm-hmm. 2018. And uh, it has not been confirmed, but the big speculation is the Olympics. They don't want to compete with the Olympics ratings, and I actually agree. I think that's a good plan because most people are going to tune into that and – because uh, it only happened, the Winter Olympics only happen every four years, um, and you know you can catch Agents of Shield later on demand. Um, so I think that's just to make sure that their ratings stay um, high and consistent. I think that's actually a very sound idea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I would have to choose. I mean, Agents of Shield or, or curling. Uh, I. It's hard. Watch. It's I actually like watching curling. Oh, I love watching curling. I, I mean, that's yeah. Agent Daniel taunted me uh, last week because he has a child who is taking some curling lessons, and at their first one, uh, the adults got to get out on the ice and and do some curling, and I just nice. Yeah. No, it's not nice. He was taunting me. He was being mean to oh. me. I mean, that's this, this story is not about him. This story is about me. Come on. Uh, you're not feeding my narcissism here. Sorry. Yeah. It's yeah. just where I live, we don't get a lot of ice sports. I mean, we do have a local hockey team, but. <laughs> well, they, they've they done some curling at Notre Dame um, okay. where, where you could go. I live right by Notre Dame, and uh, okay. but I had to miss out on that. And that was just like a one-time thing a long time ago. And, and then there's a, a curling rink up just a few hours north, but it's a few hours north. So, yeah. Yeah. So for now I just have to play it on the, Wii, the Wii Olympics game <laughs> or something like that. But anyway, um, this is not the curling show. Although if agents of shield wasn't a thing, maybe I would be doing a curling podcast, but, uh, or, or maybe not, but okay. So, Yes, they're going on hiatus. It's understandable. This upcoming episode uh, will be the last one. The February 2nd episode will be the last one until uh, March 2nd. And then March 9th, I believe, is episode 100. Is it? I could be wrong uh, in my calculations, but episode 100 is coming up, and it's supposed to be just a doozy. I don't know what that means, but it's supposed to be a doozy. Hmm. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm also looking up the episode numbers. So, yeah, I, I got it here. Um, Past Life is the next episode that airs February 2nd. And then, at least I think it's the second, right? Yeah. Yes. And then um, the episode after that does not have a title on the list that I'm looking at, but that is supposed to be the one that will be March 2nd. And then March 9th would be episode 100. Yeah. 
Okay. No, no title. But uh, Clark Gregg said that episode 100 will destroy destroy fans. Oh. And, and uh, mm. yeah, I think it's Jeff Loeb maybe who was teasing that that it's just it's just going to be huge. It's going to be big. And so we'll see. We'll see. Episode 100, that's that's a special milestone. That is a cool. Destroy fans. Okay, is that a pun? I don't know. Is oh, because it's destroyer words? of words, worlds. Yes. Uh, it could be. Maybe. Maybe you're mm. onto something. Maybe you're onto something. Okay. So, what other okay. news do we have here? Um, Ant Man and the Wasp trailer. Yeah, it's out. Yes. <laughs> it looks like so much fun. It. It. Yeah. It. It looked okay. There wasn't much dialogue in it. That's what surprised me. Is it? It looks more like an action movie than a comedy. Well, it's a teaser trailer. I know, I know. I just... This is not the full two-minute trailer, is it? Is it two minutes? I think didn't, it was didn't just... didn't feel like two minutes. Teaser. Yeah, I think it was just supposed to be the teaser trailer. Um, it... Which means, yeah, that's... Usually you get the more dramatic stuff, and you'll... We'll, we will... When we get the next uh, two-minute trailer... Or when we do get the two-minute trailer, we are probably going to see more lines. Luis, he must come back. It, <laughs> I will not have fun watching this movie if Luis does not show up. I felt like this one was really highlighting the action and definitely highlighting the wasp. Like, we get to yes. see her in action. And and that's some, most of the jokes came from, um, from Ant-Man being jealous of wasp's costume. And... <laughs> Rightfully so. I mean, she's got wings and blasters. He has to ride an ant. I mean, that's cool. But if your partner has wings and a blaster, that's cooler. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was good, though. It was good to see. And um, I'm ready to see Black Panther now. But I, I'm Ant-Man I'm looking forward to. But it's Black Panther that I just can't wait for. Can't yes. wait for that. Um, jumping into our next news bit, Black Panther, uh, the reactions and reviews that are coming out so far from those who have seen them, it's incredibly positive. Uh, one quote, I don't have the source in front of me right now, but one quote I saw said um, that the person who watched it did not want the movie to end. Yeah, I, I've seen one, another quote where someone said it was possibly the best superhero movie ever. Yes. So I'm I'm curious. I I am curious. I'm excited for this one. I I'm and I've said it before. I'm more excited for Black Panther than I am for Infinity War. And it just because it looks so different and it looks so unique and it looks so interesting. It's all based on look right now. Um, yes. But then Infinity War looks like a a bigger Avengers movie, but it looks like an Avengers movie. Great big giant threat. Team has to team up, and it's going to be a great big battle at the end. You know, not that that's a bad thing. It's just I'm not looking forward to that as much as I'm looking forward to the uniqueness that I think we're going to be getting from from Black Panther. Yeah, I mean, the, the more I read these reviews, the more excited I get. And you can't have um, Infinity War without having this movie first. I. I I haven't read a lot about it, but just instinctively, I know you have to see this movie before Infinity War. Well, just based on the trailers, a lot of stuff happens in Wakanda. Yeah. In the trailers. I don't know how yeah. much happens in, you know, percentage wise in the movie, but 
it's clear. And a lot of this is, is occurring in Wakanda in the trailer. Okay, well, let's let's talk about the best laid plans. Not the best laid. Let's talk about just best laid plans because that's the name of the episode and that's the episode we're going to talk about after I play the sounder. Mission report. Okay, so this episode, episode 97, as we have <laughs> found out, is called Best Laid Plans. And it is, uh, again, I feel like we're just moving forward into, uh, toward the climax of, of whatever this pod is going to be. But we're, we're getting interesting stuff happening. I, I feel like we're getting some interesting character stuff going on. Uh, we've got the pieces moving into place. And... And another surprise death. Yes. So we've got basically two plots going on here. One is happening on the lighthouse and the other is happening on the surface of what's left of the earth in the Zephyr. So I was thinking we would start with the lighthouse. What do you think? Okay. Let's do it then. So here's what's happening on lighthouse. Yo-Yo and Mac are basically helping to create an uprising. And so you have Kree warriors walking the halls, but they're getting attacked by rebel peacemakers. And Cassius is very unhappy about this. He's packing to leave, but he doesn't need an uprising. I mean, that's just, it's just annoying. I mean, when you are moving, you don't want these kind of distractions, uh, especially when you're moving and, and the distraction are coming from people who are beneath you. Beneath you to the effect that you actually say, you know, I am their God. Uh, so he he's not happy. He's going to raise the stakes a little bit. Yo-Yo and, uh, is teaching Flint how to shoot because they are working hard also at raising their own uh, game. And Mac and Yo-Yo have a difference of opinion over Flint killing. And as they're having this discussion, Tess comes back. And <laughs> they said, well, we thought you were dead. And she says, I was. And mm-hmm. so now we find out that the way Cassius describes it is that uh, she w- uh, he smothered the fires of death within her with what I think it was flames of the eternal or something like that. Um, and that he's a God and that's why I'm here. And Mac doesn't agree that Cassius is a God and he quotes Captain America almost and says, no, there's only one God and I'm sure he's not it. Um, but Cassius wants Flint, he wants kids over 10, and he wants all the stuff they need to make in humans or everyone burns basically at the touch of a button. So let's talk a little bit about Tess because her return, they mention, well, I've heard of things, I've experienced things using Cree uh, physiology and technology to bring people back from the dead, which is referencing, of course, Coulson himself. Yes. Oh, yes, that's right. There's another place, I think it's uh, with Coulson, he says himself, uh, he makes a reference to, um, or he says a line, I forget now, where it, he basically alludes that cra- uh, crazier things have happened, and it reminded me, he's died before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, later when Yo-Yo talks about um, killing uh, Cassius or something like that, he'll just come back. And she says, it won't be the strange. So I'll kill him again. It won't be the strangest thing I've ever done. <laughs> yeah. But Tess is clearly uh, disturbed by what she's feeling and what she's seen. And, you know, we've seen Colson go through some of this stuff. 
Yeah, uh, and I don't blame her. Um, so watching something recently and, oh gosh, what was it? Somebody was describing, uh, her had heard from somebody else what it was like to drown. And this other person said, oh, it was, um, the guy telling the story said that uh, it was like um, going home. But later on in the movie, he uh, he said, I lied. The guy said he was in agony. Uh, so she probably remembers what it's like to die. Well, she's she's talking about the you know the knife the the metal was cold and she's I mean she's she's she remembers dying yes <laughs> and that keeps coming back but then she's also yeah it's she's she's suffering and yes. it was nice to see her back I was surprised though I I was not expecting oh, yeah. to see Tess come back I don't think anyone was was really expecting that but definitely changes the dynamic uh, for Flint because he had seen her die and, or seen her dead rather. Uh, and now he's, she's back and, and he's got family basically. Yes. Cause she is the only thing he, or the closest thing he has to family. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So Cassius wants Flint. Cassius wants kids over 10. Cassius wants the stuff to make in humans. He says, everyone's going to burn. And so the plan that everyone wants to do, Mac wants to go and fight. Uh, Yo-Yo wants to go and fight. Uh, Tess keeps saying, give him what he wants. Give him what he wants. But Mac will not let them attack Cassius head on because Mac, he's going to figure out how to how to f- stop this. Figure out how the button works that Cassius has that will u- he'll use to make them all burn. And then they figure out that they ha- he has bombs on the oxygen lines on, on the different uh, floors. And that's not good. So he goes to the people of the lighthouse and says, we're going to give him what he wants. We're going to give Cassius what he wants. Yo-Yo and I are turning ourselves over to him to get close enough to take him out of the picture. Tess and Flint have an emotional exchange about what to do. He wants to go with them. They don't want him to go with them. Uh, They've got a plan. They've got a plan. So they send Tess with a message for Cassius. And she takes a sample of blood she takes uh, a terragenesis stone and she tells him they're going to take away your ability to breed an inhuman with the push of a button. And they want us to make sure that he hears that a push of a button. So I don't know. I, this is where we get again, Yo-Yo and Mac, the, the, the personalities that they have and, and the interplay that they have. And, you know, she even says, uh, what is it? She says, uh, I like rebel peacemaker Mac he's sexy, you know, and, um, but she has that experience in her life. I mean, as they're having all of these conversations back and forth, you know, she, she has that experience of standing up to authority and she hates Cassius, hates the idea of Cassius, uh, because of what he does. He is, he's a bully and, and he is a coward. Yes. Every time Cassius kept talking about how he's a god and how the humans will all burn, you know what he reminded me of? Loki? No. Okay. Because Loki actually is a god, you know, but. Yeah. He reminded me of every neighborhood has this kid where the kid would take a magnifying glass and burn bugs. Burn ants. Yeah. Yeah. Burning ants. But at the same time, it's still a kid. 
doing something really awful. Yeah, yeah. Well, and this guy is awful. I don't know if. Yeah, he, I, I don't know if I use the label of he's just a big kid. He well, he. he but he's, there are times where he's behaving very childishly. Well, he definitely has a, a tantrum at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but going back to to Yo Yo, I mean, this is this is her reason. You know, she's got powers. Why to do things like this? To take care of people like this, and yeah. So this this is uh this is the perfect place to put this character to put Yo Yo, and and then the the back and forth there is Mac is like, no, we got to think our way through this. Uh, we can't go and just try and get close to him to just to kill him because there's other things at, at stake here. He has the, all these bombs, but in the end it's them coming together with a plan. <laughs> they do the think it through and then they turn themselves in to get close to him. And he recognizes yo-yo. He's yo-yo mm-hmm. Rodriguez. How peculiar he says. And then she answers, says the space mime. <laughs> <laughs> She also, though, at one point, she's, you're no god, you're no devil, you're just a cruel, sad little blue man. <laughs> uh, so, does this confirm my theory that he, uh, that the Kree can have a longer lifespan than humans, or is this Kree technology involved? Well, or is this something from the teaser at the end when he yeah. mentions that he has a seer? I think there's something involved here where he knows the agents of shield somehow or another. And, you know, she's, she's one of them. And cause he, he doesn't say he's surprised. He just says how peculiar. And I'm curious what that means. Um, but I do wonder if when they go back into the past, if he's going to be back there and, and part of that interaction. Well, in the previous episode, um, Yo-Yo is very upset, and we see her go off to fight the Kree. And the Kree come in, and they offer life support systems um, to help the humans survive. Um, so I'm thinking it was Cassius, and she went to go see him, and she died. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm curious. That would explain a peculiar the, the 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 peculiar reaction that he gives would be explained by seeing someone that he killed. Yes, <laughs> standing in front of him. Yes. So they have a standoff, and Cassius uh, has you know some tough guys with him. He also has a shield. Yo Yo tries to attack, but hits the shield, and that that. Super speed that probably didn't feel very good. Um, but what happens is uh, <laughs> they get him angry enough and and he uh, they they do the standoff, but he finally just activates his bombs and they have moved all of his bombs uh, to blow up the the uh, inhumans stuff. And it blows up. The people have gone to another floor and they're safe. Basically there's, it's a happy ending for the people. We see the one guy who received the baby and he's, he's reunited with his family and 
Then Mac activates his own bomb, and they use that as cover to escape as the bomb you know, blows over the, the shield, the, the electronic shield thing that, that Cassius has. And that's where Cassius just screams, no, because they escaped. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Last week, you said that the big trope, you re- the one you hate the most is people screaming no at the sky. Yes. Is this what you mean? No. People screaming no at the sky, especially, you know, it's the tragic scream of no, where you're holding the lifeless body of your, you know, loved one and scream to the sky. No. Okay. That's, that's where I hate it the most. Now here, it fits the character as far as he's, he's so mad, you know, and he's just, uh, it's a baby tantrum, you know? Okay. Yeah, so this this might go in a list somewhere of a trope that I don't appreciate seeing too often, but yeah, it's not it's not quite the same as as what I hate. Yeah. Okay, so because um, on occasion when the chance arises, you know, I like to use that Luke says no gif. Yeah, yeah, and and that comes close. Yeah, but. but uh- but he's I saying, use it in an ironic manner, so yeah. 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 Uh, but it's still it, it's really it tends to be more you know drop to your knees, uh, lift the lifeless body of your loved one, and then look up to the sky and and scream no, because uh, I just don't see too many people. Granted, I haven't experienced this in real life too much, but but most people the grief doesn't come out quite like that when, when something happens like that, you know, it's, right. it's more, there's more panic involved and there's more, um, <laughs> less just the single word for a very, very long time. <laughs> True. So that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's where that comes from. Uh, Mac and yo-yo, they are at the top of their game here. They are flirting with each other. They are funny. They are fun. And they they plan it out. And they plan it well. And everything goes according to plan. And I love it when a plan comes together. And, and Mac does too, I guess. Yes. So who knows what's going to happen next with them? Because mm. we do find out afterward that Cassius has a seer of his own. And so he knows what's going to happen or something. Um, yeah. And, and he is going to uh, take care of this, but he, yeah, I, I don't know when he got the seer. I don't know why the seer did not show him that this plan of blowing up all the humans on the lighthouse wasn't going to work, but the seer is, is working now. I have an idea where he got a seer. Do you? Yes. Let's hear it. I think he cloned Robin. Ooh, that'd be interesting. That'd be really interesting. But you know who else has an idea of where the seer came from? No. Uh, my friend and yours, Stuart. And so ah. I'm not going to wait until feedback to play this. I'm going to play it right now. And we can hear what Stuart has to say about where this seer may have come from. So, a seer? Huh. I wonder, an inhuman seer. I wonder if that's from 
the inhuman show wouldn't it be awesome if it was not gonna be this is this is Tigger reporting in who's gotten a case of the Eeyores. All right. Peace out later. Bye. By the way, this isn't Daniel. This is Stu. Anyway, bye. So, yes, I don't remember <laughs> the name of uh, the seer from Inhumans, but yes, Stuart, it would be awesome. If it was Brosia, Brosephus, Bro, Broheim, I, I I can't remember his name. I just I'm pretty sure it starts with a bro. But the the kid from the Inhumans TV show, if he was just being held like in a vault in in uh, Cassius's lair, uh, that'd be really neat. That'd be really really neat. I would accept that 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 version of ha- where Cassius got a psychic. I would I would I would totally accept it, and I would would enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Because it's all connected, and that would really connect things. Even yes. it would connect things that maybe some people don't care about connecting, and it would connect things that maybe some people don't want to connect, but it would connect things. And I think it'd be really neat. Yes. But I'm also going to be Eeyore. Uh, okay. And, and say it probably isn't Brosiphon. But um, it's... Uh, but if it was, that'd be really cool. Yeah, it would be. You I'm, know what else is re- also really cool? What? Uh, according to IMDB, in the trivia section for this episode... The sign on the doors in the Kree's doctor's laboratory, mm-hmm. it says Empire or Death. Hmm. <laughs> that is kind of cool. Yeah. It's also cool that somebody was able to translate that. Yeah, that's that's also. <laughs> so whoever did that, good on you, dude. <laughs> I'd give you a no prize, but you're not even part of this thing. You didn't send it in. To us, should have sent it to us instead of IMDb. Again, yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you for supporting my narcissism, Samantha. I appreciate that. <laughs> you're, finally, you're, you're welcome. Finally, you're supporting my narcissism. There, that's the okay. One. Okay, <laughs> so let's go back to the beginning of the episode, but with Coulson and crew now. Uh, first of all, they're talking about their plan. Their plan is they got to find Flint. And Flint might be able to fix the monolith because, as Coulson says, after trying to give some techno babble, it's a rock and Flint controls rocks. So they're going to take the Zephyr back to the lighthouse. But the mood is really dim because, first of all, Robin is dead. And second of all, they're not getting the Zephyr to get to work. It's it's just not working very well. Um, so it's 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 troubling. It's It's difficult for them. Uh, meanwhile, Deke and Voss have a conversation, and basically Voss almost convinces Deke potentially to kill Daisy because uh, why not? We know what happens if she goes back. Let's, you know, Cassius thinks that Quake uh, is something he wants, you know, and that's that makes Quake their ticket out. Let him have her. What's the worst that can happen? Can't be worse than what already happened. Is she's going to go back in time, cause the world to blow up. And yes, Deke actually thinks there might be something to that. You could tell him that he's processing. 
Yeah. Yeah, because boss is not wrong. If they kill everybody from S.H.I.E.L.D., then it cancels out this time loop. And life on Earth can possibly go on. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. That, and that is if Daisy was the one who cracked the Earth. If. I'm it, still not convinced she is. Right. I mean, there's plenty of other ways that it could happen. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yes. It, they, they talk about it. They, they talk about that they are in a causal time. There ca- is a causal loop paradox. Basically, they... And this is how it comes out. Um, Fitzsimmons are working out how to fix the Zephyr. And then they find schematics that show that his idea for the next generation Zephyr was used in this, in the Zephyr, the first Zephyr. Which means that at some point, they go back in time and they know how to do this because they've seen it. And so that's why, and, and this is this is the loop that they're in. This is what we talked about in the last episode. This this loop that they're in, where they're just they see the results of what they've done. They go back in time and do the thing, and then in the future they see the results of what they've done and go back in time, and then they do the thing. And that's what Fitz I think is upset about is that we're in this time loop and we we're, we can't succeed. Simmons says, well, no, it's, this is proof that we can make it back. And so there's all this conversation about can they stop the thing from happening? Can they stop the world from being destroyed? Because, like I said, if they don't go to the future and see the future that was created, they won't go back to the past and create that future. And that's where you get the paradox. They shouldn't even be able to – there was no starting point for this to have happened. The things that they did rests on the fact that they did them in the future. But that means that they had to be in the future in the first place to go back into the past. But the only reason they were able to go back in the past is because they were in the future. And it becomes that paradoxical, paradoxical, whatever, causal loop that they're in. Yes. But Daisy – oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I believe there is a Star Trek The Next Generation episode based on that paradox. I, there's probably a, a number of them. Probably. Um, I mean, and I know there's at least one X-Files episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else? Is there a Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode? I'm, no, I don't think so. Well, maybe not. Maybe. But it, it just – it's not uh, – an unusual thing in, in sci-fi. Uh, the question is, can they break the loop? Well, every single previous sci-fi episode I've ever seen that involves this plot element of a loop in time. Yes, they do break it. Yes. Because it would be very, I mean, very sad if they didn't. So here's how Daisy wants to break the loop. Because Coulson talks to her about getting the power inhibitor taken out so she can have her powers back. And she says, no, because if I don't have my powers back, I can't do the thing they say I did. And she talks about names even. And this is Daisy's an interesting character. I was thinking about this. Like, I'm wondering in scripts, what do they call her now? 
you know, at what point did they stop mm-hmm. calling her Sky in the screenplays that they were writing and start, you know, calling her Daisy and start calling her Quake? And, and she talks about, oh, what if I don't want to be Quake? Because if I'm not Quake, then that way I won't be the Destroyer of Worlds, which is that other name that she has now. True. That would definitely break the, the loop if she <laughs> went back in time without powers. But then the question is, if she's not the one who does it, and she goes back in time without powers, how can she stop it? Yeah. Well, if they were going to change her name in the script, it would have to be, I think, uh, the beginning of season three, I think. Because uh, I think maybe. season two, we left off with her uh, mother is dead and her father had his mind wiped. And he, I think he runs, what, like a a veterinary office? Yeah. <laughs> And then she started calling herself Daisy Johnson. Mm-hmm. But what's funny, even for this episode, when I was taking my notes, I wrote S-K, and then I X'd him out, and then I wrote Daisy. I still want to call her Sky. Yeah. Yeah, um, and, and Quake, I, I don't, I just can't get myself to call her Quake very much. Mm-mm. But no, me, me neither. It's It's strange. It's it's Daisy. It's it's Sky. I still do think of her as Sky sometimes, but Daisy, I, I do. I finally gotten to the point where I, I'm calling her Daisy. So, uh, my, a lot of the rest of this episode then is them trying to get the Zephyr to work, and so they get it to work, and then they can't get it to work. And really, I mean, a lot of this is just to get the the thing cleared off because there are people on the Zephyr, but they decide there's a gravity storm coming. They need to lift off before the gravity storm gets there. And when they realize they're not going to be able to do it, they send people into the caves to go and hide. And everyone who's still on the ship is from the main cast. Uh, and so they, they're, they're talking uh, about uh, who has to go, who has to stay. Uh, Coulson can't kill Voss. And so he gets Voss out of the cage cuffs him and sends him into the caves and and Voss taunts him about you're not willing to do what needs to be done and and Coulson's like that that's not the way S.H.I.E.L.D. does it man and this is where we get a glimpse of what happened in the past so this is where we do learn uh, there was a light from the sky aliens is what Voss heard it was S.H.I.E.L.D. tried to stop it and they failed that's what he's heard Um, that's not I mean he kind of uses that as proof that Daisy did it I don't that doesn't feel like proof but all of his reasons for wanting to kill daisy and everybody's saying that she's the destroyer of worlds has been very very weak evidence it's it's chinese whispers and a video of her shooting a gun into um uh one of the shield planes and it's just that's it there's no evidence of, of her actually breaking the world no. There's no evidence who she was fighting or trying to stop. I mean, it's just, it's all Chinese whispers, basically. Yeah, it, it's just, there's there's very little to it other than, he says, well, it's history, you know. <laughs> it's history written by people who probably weren't there to see it happen, because if they were there to see it happen, they'd be dead. Unless it was Robin. That's, Yeah. Yeah. Although Robin is dead. Yeah. 
And, you know, this is Voss. Thanks, Voss. Well, but Voss is all, I got to do what I got to do. You know, you think killing Robin was easy? She's my friend. It's not easy to kill your friend. For no reason. It's not for no reason. It's to save the world. For no reason. She could have. She could have told him pertinent information on how to save the world, but no, he had to go and kill her first. He killed her to stop her from giving pertinent information to Daisy, so that Daisy wouldn't go back. Like his whole thing is, I've got to stop her from going back. And if she she had the way, she was able to tell them how to get back. And yeah, and he's like, I can't let you do that. I can't let you tell them how to get back. Well, that's not the only information she could have given them. Yeah. But at the same time, this guy is an idiot, but <laughs> he's an idiot with understandable motivation. A zealous idiot. Yeah. 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 And, and you are right. He understandable mo- motivation. It's just, I just, I still can't wrap my head around his reasoning behind killing Robin so easily. Because she has been able to predict the future and how to change things. And he ups and kills her. That's not just killing her. That's shooting himself in the foot. Except I think he's looking at it as the information she has is going to send them back. And if she yeah. sends them back, it's going to happen again. There's there's a lot of, of holes in his logic. Uh, because again... If he causes that to not happen, he causes himself not to be born. Right. You, you know, I mean, he's not 90. And so that all that happened before he was born. And it's there's there's flaws in his logic, but the emotion behind the logic is sound. I think uh, he's just, like I said, an idiot. Yeah. I mean, his whole thing, you know. When he killed Deke's dad, it wasn't my fault. You know, I mean, he he came after me with a knife and it ended up in his throat. I'm not sure I entirely believe that story. No. (laughs) Why would you believe this guy? I mean, this guy is going to do and say what it it takes for him to do what he wants to for what he wants to get done to happen. And so now he's in the caves. I don't know what's going to happen with those people in the caves, but um the Zephyr team notices that the gravity is weird, and they also realize that the Zephyr is powered by my gravitonium because that's that's the only way to make it work uh, the way that, that Fitz was kind of figuring out back in the past before they came to the future. Now when they go back to the past, they're going to be able to to rig the Zephyr with, with gravitonium. Uh, but for now, they notice gravity is weird, and they realize they can ride the gravity wave as the gravity storm comes toward them. But Sonara is on the ship now. And so things are moving and shaking. And, and uh, as all that's happening, Sonara attacks Daisy and Duke or Deke is considering attacking her, but um, she gets the Daisy has to go and, and get the, the anchors to let go. So the Zephyr can get pulled up into the gravity storm. And once it gets pulled up into the gravity storm, they can use that to ride the gravity storm up into space, and then when they get into space, they'll be able to use what little control they have with the thrusters or whatever and break free of the Earth's gravity. 
And so that's that's their plan. Of course, they don't realize that Sonara's on the ship, so Daisy has to fight Sonara. And Deke has to, you know, get involved and and there's a cool fight with uh zero G and and then gravity comes back and then the fight continues and and Daisy almost loses, but Deke saves her. And and then once they break free of gravity, there's no gravity, so Sonara launches herself into the air at Daisy, and Daisy uses a broken metal railing to impale Sonara, and they're in space. <laughs> so I have a quote from Stuart, because he was watching this episode this evening for the first time. Okay. And as soon as Sonara was impaled, he texted me and he said, I am a leaf on the wind. Watch how I squish. <laughs> yeah. But she's a bad guy, and we don't yeah. love her. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, she's the anti-wash. <laughs> it, it was a surprise death, though. I mean, I was surprised. Yes, it was. It was. They've had a lot of surprise deaths in this season so far, and we are only on episode nine. Yeah, but, you know, if you think about it, it kind of makes sense because, hey, these people – in the future, they 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 could die here, but Sonara and Cassius could be in the past. It's just going to be an earlier version of them. Yeah. And so I I don't know if we've seen the last of her. Okay, you know what this is this kind of reminds me of now that I'm just thinking about it. What? Except for the Kree, it's like almost like Mad Max in space. Well, yeah, with with some of the just the and way the run he, for resources and life and trying to survive, yeah, yeah, yep, I would agree. Yeah. Um. Okay. So here's some other things that are going on here. I mean, first of all, Sonara, rest in peace. She was a cool villain. <laughs> she had her own, you know, music theme that would play whenever she would come on screen. Uh, she had a really cool look, and you know. I, I think one of the best villains we've had in, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. Um, she's a better villain than Cassius. I would rather Cassius die <laughs> and Sonara stick around, but yeah. it's okay. It's okay. Oh, well. Yeah. So anyway, uh, the, another thing, Enoch, he has some really good conversations here and some good lines <laughs> in this episode, but May can't stand the guy. Like she is so dismissive of him. Uh, he, he, she's he's talking and she's like, hey, what was your what was your primary purpose? Observation, more observing, less talking. You know, and she just doesn't like the guy. I don't know why, but hmm. I, I still like him. Yeah, me too. Though I have some questions about what is he like? It, he says something about he's mostly plastic alloy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, is he an an organic creature in a plastic alloy suit, or is he an android? I think he's suggesting he's an android, or some sort of alien, alien android. I don't know. Yeah. Which would explain why he's more than 30,000 Earth years old. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was willing to accept that he was just a really old alien, but... Yeah, but really old Android. Okay, I'm yeah, I'm yeah. down with that. Too. Still works. 
Yes. It still works. But he talks about death. Like he, he says, death is a sensation I've never felt before. He has feelings. And if his life ends, it's life, at least in his opinion, he is life. So I don't know, maybe, maybe there is some form of uh, artificial life, but I don't know. <laughs> it's just, it was kind of strange. The whole plastic thing and then she calls him plastic and she's like finally you got some get some good use out of you plastic and then he's like plastic gets lots of great use out of it and uh <laughs> he's he's fun he's funny he, he uh continues his role of expositor who is far more than just an expositor he yeah. brings exposition but he brings it in a great way and he's fun um I- I think in different circumstances, May would not react this way with him because she's under a lot of stress right now. Well, that's that's the weird she, thing, yeah. And she can she can get a little snippy when she's under a lot of stress. But there's also an emotional element here of this old woman dies and says, "You raised me. You are my mother." Yes. Um, that's that's gotta mess with you a little bit. Yeah. And it's also going to pr- create an interesting dynamic because e- Enoch is a part of Robin's life in the past. Yes. And if May is a part of Robin's life in the past as well, they're going to run into each other. <laughs> oh, yeah. Most definitely. Yes. Uh, oh, and ahead. Daisy keeps making mom jokes about yes, May and that was her funny. mom face. <laughs> So are you the kind of mom beds bed at seven thirty? Blah blah blah. Uh, your face tells me that yes, yes, you probably are. And in some ways, I mean, we keep uh, talking about how Coulson is sort of like a uh, um, an adoptive father with Daisy. Mm-hmm. Well, then that means May is her adoptive mother. Yeah, yeah. No, we. That's definitely part of the structure early on that we had going on there, uh, and so for Daisy to tease her about being a mom. You know, there's, yeah, there's some fun stuff there. So, uh, the other stuff was let's see, there's something else I missed here in my notes. I think it was the gravitonium, uh, which it was a surprise to me that they actually, you know, in the past used gravitonium. Uh, but then, so the Zephyr having gravitonium was a surprise to me. But I did appreciate that they brought up my question, which was, how does this thing have atmosphere? How does this place have wind? And the answer is gravitonium. Okay. Uh, that's that's what Fitz says. Is, oh, that would make sense now. It all makes sense that there is you know, atmosphere on this you know, fragment of a planet. It's because the gravitonium pulls it all together. And I'm willing to accept that. And I'm just glad that they said it. Okay. <laughs> so, anything um, else that I'm missing? Yeah, there's... Um just speculation that I have. Okay. Um, so last episode, um, Voss says that Deke's father was the one who put together the machine that pulled the, the sh- agents from the past into the future. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if Deke is a descendant of Fitz and Simmons. Hmm. Because there's a scene where the three of them are at the end of the episode are talking together and Deke is in the middle. And I'm like, there's just something. And Deke is a very intelligent person. 
um, of course, he wouldn't have the opportunity to have an education like Fitz and Simmons have. But he's very quick and he puts things together. Uh, he has that um, Star Lord gravity system. Um, he uh, he's very much on his toes. I mean, I think it's very possible. Anything is possible when time travel is involved. Yeah. It would be very cool if they could find figure that out. It'd be very cool. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Well, I do have one. Oh, no. Two bits of uh, feedback for us to talk about. So I'm going to um, play that sounder and we will jump into it. Shield field report. Okay, so like I said, there are two messages. One is from Agent Daniel, and I'm going to play that right now. So let's hear from Agent Daniel. Oh, jeez. I'm emotional. Oh, just got done watching the last day. And, if you had told me years ago that they were going to find a way to make me cry on Agent's shield, I would have been like, I believe it. Unlike some people... I do have a heart and emotions. But if you had told me it was because they made May a mommy and did it all in one episode, I wouldn't have believed it. All the references to she could talk to her mother and uh, the fact that she was following May and the Zephyr at one point when they were flying and and the fact that May always seemed to be protecting her from others that are part of our team. And then we get to the end and we, we find out that she was her mommy, that our hard-edged, tough, um, dark warrior who is broken because of one little girl is fixed because of another and has found a way to love and protect in a different way and to nurture and you find out that she is a mommy. Just broke my heart. Just broke my heart because it filled me with joy because May has the capacity to love has become clear. And it breaks my heart because if everything goes well, regardless of what Fit says about fixed time, she's never going to live it with Robin. So there you go. Agent Daniel emotional reflecting on something I never thought I'd see in five years of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. There it is. Come on, Ben. Get a heart. Peace out later. Bye. Yes, Daniel, it is nice to see her in that role. It's very nice. Yeah. Yeah. But Daniel, don't cry. <laughs> don't don't cry. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> so next we have a, um, a message from Agent 084, and we can only do half of this message. The other half, which is some speculation, I, I think we'll – We'll just touch on that after the, the credits, and that'll be our post-credit to, to talk about that. Because he has an interesting bit of speculation, but it does involve looking at a future cast list actor that might be a spoiler. So that's why we are not going to mention it now. But... Agent 084 says, back in the Gravitonium episode, which is, he says, uh, episode... Uh, season one, episode three, Professor Hall Gravitron has a line. I've seen the future, Mr. Coulson, 
Not that I believe he's Cassius' seer or that the Gravitonium somehow showed him exactly what would happen to the Earth, but with the elements slowly coming back into play, I wonder if that was extreme foreshadowing. I'm also curious if the agents find out Gravitonium actually is the cause of the Earth shattering. If that's the case, Daisy could have sent that big blob of it from season one off in a Quinjet headed for space only to have Gravitron finally break back break from his prison and destroy the earth accordingly. Not a good plot twist as not as good a plot twist as Thanos, but I've come to terms with not expecting him showing up. And I do like this idea of, you know, Gravitron himself being the one, you know, and, and that they actually are able to, you know, they, they take the Gravitonium and decide to get rid of it completely. And, and by doing that, it causes him to come out and, and destroy the earth question would be how does that fit into the loop and at what point will they break the loop the time loop so that's the non-spoiler speculation from agent 084 um the other half the half speculation half spoiler we'll talk about after the end of the credits so that's our episode uh samantha do you have any any you have a couple final things actually you need to say i think we have some thanks and then you had a an observation or something. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So first of all, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I would like to thank our Patreon patrons, uh, Andrew, Jeffrey, and Adzi. Thank you very much. We really do appreciate it. And my final thought, or I, I just, you know, before we sign off, I just want to say he, uh, I just want to, I, I want to quote the book 1984 from George Orwell. He who controls the past controls the future. Who controls the present controls the past. That's good. Yes. That's actually what we're looking at. Yeah, right now. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for listening. And thank you so much for writing in, Agent 4 And uh, for people who've called in, I appreciate that. Daniel, always good to hear from you. Uh, always good to hear your voice. I, I read your words every day when we you know, texting each other, but good to hear your voice again. And, uh, I think it's time to stop, stop the recording. And and Samantha, you know how I'm going to stop the recording? How? With the push of a button. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five level 7 You can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash welcometolevel7 or connect with us on Twitter where we're level7pod. And remember, the 7 is spelled out. Our theme music is The Light Fantastic by J.S. Earls, and you can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. And once again, thanks for listening. Okay, so let's finish with uh, the spoiler-ish cast member. This is not the uh, the actress from Disney Channel that has been in, in some of the news headlines 
as as appearing in episode um, 99 or whatever. This is something different. And Agent Oi4 says, and, and I haven't checked up on this, so I, I'm, I haven't seen what he's seen, but it, or she. Uh, Agent Oi4 says, also, this is half speculation, half spoiler. And then says, spoilculation. Uh, which actually that would work, I think, speculation. But the spe- the episode fifteen cast list includes an actor playing young von Strucker. So uh, then Agent Oi Four goes on to say, maybe Fitz calibrates the monolith wrong and sends the team too far back in time, making the second pod a stretch of now we have to get back from nineteen eighty five, which would of course require a bunch of Back to the Future references. It also wouldn't hurt, and this is why I didn't want to cut off this message completely this half i wanted to actually talk about this it also wouldn't hurt to get Haley atwell's return to the show agent way four out yes i am totally on board for this you know there's there's a list of mcu things that i have it's a short list i want to make it longer but it's things that the mcu has teased but hasn't been able to follow through on like the leader from the incredible hulk yes uh, the end of season two of Agent Carter is another one of those things. And we've always talked about, you know, there's ways you could bring it into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and and wrap it up here in this series. Uh, the end of Inhumans is now another uh, thing that the MCU has that probably is going to get dropped. Um, although with Stewart's speculation of the seer, it, it might not be. But the idea of calibrating the monolith wrong and going back in time too far. I love that idea. Yeah. Uh, Let's do that. I, I love the idea. And then they have to figure out how do we get back to the future? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a great idea, but oh, Mac would have a field day with that. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I mean, it would be, it would be a lot of fun. Uh, so the idea, because that's the other thing that's going on with the movies. The movies are aging with the characters, right? So everything in the movies is pushing forward. And then, yeah, there's some back, you know, going back into the 90s with Captain Marvel, because uh, Captain Marvel's movie will be set in the 90s. So we'll see a younger uh, Nick Fury in that. We got to see young, um, young Tony Stark in Iron Man 3. Uh, and young, we got to see Haley Atwell in, in Ant-Man. but. I, I love the idea of them going back in time and and actually having basically Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Agent Carter crossover. That'd be so cool. Yes. I would I, – I want it to be that so bad right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I really do. So they're back in 1985, right? And and then Haley <laughs> Atwell is there and she's, she's like, you know, while you're here, we have this mystery that – uh, hasn't been solved yet from, from way, you know, way back in, and after world war two. And then they're like, Hey, let's, let's solve this mystery together, you know? And, and yeah. Well, it's young Von Strucker. How old was he when he first appeared in the MCU? Do you think? Well, I, I don't know. Okay. But he was, I don't, I don't know. Because this, we've, uh, oh, we've seen him young in the past. Yeah, but I'm looking at this this guy who they cast as young Von Strucker, and he looks like late teens, early twenties. Okay, so he's young. Von he's Strucker. young. Okay, yeah. 
Um, so he could be 50s, 60s. I don't know. But I am so hoping that Agent Carter comes back. We really do need... I, that. That is just... We need a wrap-up on her story. So bad. I think probably we're going to be getting something of the the flashback variety, but we've done a flashback. I'm okay. Okay. We we do that. <laughs> yeah. No, we've done a shield flashback to the Howling Commandos. Yes. And 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 Agent Carter. So that's very exciting. If 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 there is something to do the past i mean i'm wondering is are they teasing Haley atwell when they're talking about this episode 100 oh i hope so well it's supposed to destroy fans mm. well i don't that's know that's a very loaded phrase <laughs> it's true but we've already <laughs> seen her die you know so it's yeah. not like yeah well you can't change that <laughs> you know i've wondered in the past week what one possible way that they could bring um, Agent Carter back is in the Black Widow movie. Have Agent Carter somehow involved in her recruitment hmm. to Shield? That would be interesting. Yeah, it would be. Well, I just want Haley Atwell back. Yeah. She didn't have to do that lawyer show. No. Well, actually, she did because she's a working actress and, <laughs> and needed a job. Okay, so but but other than that, uh, yeah. All right, well, that's that's all for now. Thanks, Samantha, so much. And uh, all right, thank you. Talk to you after the next episode. All right, talk to you later. After the next episode of Ages, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Yeah. Later. Bye.